Life Audio. Hey, welcome to the Happy Ramp Podcast. I am Ted Cluck, joined as always in studio by my good friend, my partner in radio, Barnabas Piper. Pipe, um, Ronald is off. Off sailing, he's off. Um, you know, being like the 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 character in the Doctor Leo Marvin movie that we always reference. Uh, what about Bob? He's he's sailing with with the Harbor Network, um, doing Harbor Network business. Um, what did Harbor used to be called before they were Harbor Sojourn? Already were they Acts Twenty Nine? Oh, Sojourn. Yeah. So they, which I mean, here's the thing that sounds like a solidly maturing. Uh, organization like Sojourn has a sort of like Gen X angst to it, you know, like it really kind of totally kind of kind of a getting after it. There's a real like uh, gr- you know, grind and gravel yeah, to it. And then after it, you're kind of in a dark, uh, a, a dark sanctuary. Yeah, you know, there's a little bit of lighting on the stage, but not too much. Yeah, and then um, and then Harbor just screams like uh, monogrammed polo shirts and deck shoes and like yeah, a certain lap and scarves. And- yeah. Just, just a, well, I like guess just a solid middle-class, like upper middle-class kind of arrival <laughs> yeah. point. Like, and isn't that what we all is like, as much as we knock it when we're kids, like you get there and you're like, yeah, this isn't yeah. a bad life. Like I'm a homeowner. I got somebody who does my lawn service. Um, yeah. kids are out of the house. That's kind of where they've good. all landed too, man. They've, those guys have all gamed how to make money as pastors too, which is fascinating. Um, and they're doing it, man. They're living, they're living life. And uh, yeah, if Harbor was like a movie, it would be, it would be a musical. You know what I mean? Whereas if Sojourn was a movie, it'd be like a, it wouldn't be like a Paul Thomas Anderson level like of, of angst, but I'm trying to attach a director to it. Um, like a nineties director. Well, I mean, it'd be a little Christopher Nolan. It'd be Christopher Nolan. Dude, that's the vibe. Uh, but if it, if, if it's Harbor, then it's, it's for sure. Like, uh, whoever made Mamma Mia, you know, it's a, it's a musical. <laughs> you're getting some, you're getting some song and dance numbers. In Cats, that, the know. church network. Cat. Yeah. No, nobody's working too hard. Nobody's breaking a sweat. Um, yeah, it's just a nice time for everybody. So it's just you and me this morning, pipe. Ronald is off sailing. Um, and we are going to sail into an ad break before we get into these topics. We'll be back in just a few. Well, good day to you. It's Joel with The King Country dropping in to let you know that our brand new film, Unsung Hero, is in theaters now. It's Luke here. We've teamed up with the creators of Jesus Revolution to bring you this adventure of a lifetime. It's a powerful, true story about a family uniting, growing in their faith, and facing the impossible together. In theaters now, unsunghero.movie for more information. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. All right, Pipe, we're back. Um, you floated a, a pretty fascinating topic into the group chat last night. And uh, I want to know, as I often do, how how this came to be for you, like how this came to be a topic. And it's 
how teens view adults. And you said, it dawned on me that my kids don't actually see me as human. And I have thoughts on this. I'm sure you have thoughts on it. I want to I want to hear how you arrived at this conclusion. Yeah, it was uh <clears throat> so I was having a conversation with my my daughter who's almost 17 and I'm about to do the uh the unforgivable which is as a pastor use my kids as an example. But actually she's not the example as much as it was like realizing, "Oh, I thought the exact same way when I was her age." So I was having a conversation yeah. with her and and it kind of came out some frustration she was having about you know, uh, about being a pastor's kid, frankly, like pressures at church. And my dad visited Emmanuel several weeks ago. And like, there's a receiving line basically Mm -hmm. when he shows up and, and so, and, and, you know, so anytime he comes to church, my, my kids are always excited when grandparents are in town and they're always like, Oh no, we're never getting out of church, are we? And I was like, well, no, we're not. I mean, (laughs) I, I always have to stay a long time and it's longer when he's there. Um, yeah. So kind of all the stuff surrounding that. And I just sitting there looking at her and I'm like, at what point is she going to realize like, that's my dad. And I grew mm. up experiencing the exact same thing. And in fact, totally. still, still experience the exact same thing. Never dawned on her. Right. Like, yeah, interesting. It just, it just never clicked. And so uh, what I started doing was like asking very pointed questions about, when this happens, does it make you feel this way? Or what do you ever run into this? And she's kind of like her eyes get bigger and she's nodding. She's like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, yeah, I know <laughs> I, I've been there. I am there. You know, I still, I still catch this crap. Yeah. Like I, I know this yeah. feeling and it dawned on me. She does not see me as somebody who has lived a whole life and experienced mm-hmm. like real human emotions. Who's had to grow up a little yeah. bit. Like she sees whatever, I mean, not that I'm a finished product, but I'm hopefully you know, closer right. to that than I was at 17. She sees sure. this version and thinks, oh, he just handles all this stuff fine. He was like, there's no, there's no element of like fury or angst or, or resentment or any of the stuff yeah. that I, that I had. So that, that's where it came from. Right. And, and then I sort of expanded it out and I was like, yeah, when I was 17 or, you know, probably I'm not until like 28, did I actually mm-hmm. realize like my parents had whole human lives and had to grow up into adulthood. I only saw them as like finished adult product. Yeah. Yeah. No, no kidding. And I mean, especially with your parents, they were probably on the way more mature into the spectrum anyway. Um, So it would be easy to see them that way. And I, I think there was something baked into the culture when like we were kids and our parents were parents where like you only saw glimpses anyway, like whatever it was that they were struggling with or angsty about or worried about or scared of or whatever. Like we were in my case, at least so far away from seeing that. Um, that yeah, it was, it was easy to view them as a certain kind of very limited person. Um, my question to you is, you know, our, our culture now, so like people who are our age now, who have teenage kids now, do you think they don't see us as real people because we're not authentic with them? Or do you think they don't see us as real people because our lives are just boring? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I look at, and this is going to sound like shots at people, but it's not. This is This is born of like years of observing middle-aged people. Like... I think we get to this age and whether it's sort of 
intentional or it just kind of happens by accident, we just make our lives really boring. Like I look at, at the landscape of middle-aged people in my life and all they do is like take a trip to the beach once a year and buy rental properties. You know what I mean? And like, I'm like, this is a really boring people group. Um, when we were in our twenties and thirties, we used to like get together at people's apartments and like talk about ideas and watch interesting movies and like, I don't know, go to concerts and do fun stuff. And now like all anybody does is like, you know, buy a, a, you know, that tenement house yeah. in the city that they can flip or like go to the beach. And I'm like, I, we are boring. I think know? that's, I think that's absolutely true at the macro level. And then like at the micro level, yeah. I had another interaction with, with one of my kids recently where she was describing something dumb she'd done with her friends, you know, like cruising around in the back of a pickup truck and like, you know, the kind of thing that you're like, that's not safe. Don't that's, but also a hundred percent, the kind of thing that I did all the time at her age. Yeah. And and yeah. so I had this realization that like my responsibility as a dad is to is to speak responsibly to her. Yeah. My stories yeah. as a human being are like, yep, me too. <laughs> Been there, done that, <laughs> had a blast. Yeah, yeah. You know, thank God yeah. I didn't die. Uh and and yeah. it's so again, there's this disparity. Like I am the boring guy now. I'm the guy who's like, you know, yeah. put on your seatbelt. Instead of yeah, the guy sure you who's save like your money, don't blow it all a cookout. You know? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of the guy who's like, can I drive the truck? You know, which is a hundred percent what I would have done. And like, totally. that, that's part of the reason she probably looks at me like, yeah, that doesn't see me as a human. Cause I'm not the guy who's like, Hey, you want to ride on top of my car while I go cruising around the neighborhood? But her friends do. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, that yeah. kind of thing. And so it, yeah, like at the macro level, it's like everything that we enjoy and invest our time in is stuff that a teenager thinks is boring. I basically, I yeah. basically read. I think and- it's boring too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I maybe I think I've read. I think the other thing is like my daughter complains about being bored all the time because she's just like both of them do because they just they always want to be doing yeah. something, and I'm like, no, you don't understand. Not doing stuff is is amazing. I love not that's the reward. Doing, I don't, yeah. yeah, I don't have it. I don't have enough chances to not do stuff. I mean, I'm, I'm a busy yeah. person, like just in terms of activity, but like sitting and reading to them is doing nothing. Sitting and reading to me is like a reward for, you know, life. And, and again, yeah. you're like, oh yeah, they, they will never, un- they will not understand this until they understand this. And so I, I yeah. do live in a different dimension. I remember having this conversation with my dad on vacation, you know, we'd go to the beach and he would just sit and read for hours. Yeah. He, I mean, he did a good job playing with us and stuff, but I had to like, when I was like, Hey, do you want to, he was always like, I, I was like, I, you know, I was like, do you want to do something fun? And he's like, I am having fun. And I'm like, that's not fun. That's reading. And it's reading a theology <laughs> book on top yeah, of that. Yeah. So extra, not fun. Yeah. And, uh, right. Yeah. There's just a complete disconnect where I'm like, that's, that can't, that cannot be fun. There's no way. And now I'm yeah. like, I don't know. Pretty yeah. fun. <laughs> I kind of enjoy it. Dude. So that being said, do you think there's value in like pushing ourselves in this area? So let's say, are you 40 yet? You're around 40. I turned right? 40 in a few months. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm mid forties and Ronald's like early fifties, I guess, but not that, um, not that he would ever more. publicly admit that. Yeah. 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 No, sorry for outing you, Ron. Stop coloring his, yeah. He stopped coloring his hair and beard a few years ago. That was a big step, but, um, Oh, quick yeah, time out. Have you seen, so, uh, yeah. you're, I know you're not on social media, but you're kind of sneaky on social yeah. media. So sure. Ronnie has books coming out 
I think it's an Advent book. Shocker. Um, okay. Yeah. I feel like he does one of those every year. Yeah. This, I think he did a kid's one a year, last year or the year before, and this year it's like a devotional okay. one. Um, okay. But he's been doing these videos, just sort of, you know, like the author promo videos they ask you to do where you kind of talk about it, what's behind the uh, book. You know, it's so just like him talking to the camera. Yeah. Uh, but like <laughs> when Ronnie's not publicly speaking somewhere, his uh-huh. his hair is wild. Dude, I haven't seen it, man. You're going to have to... It's. You know, you could I'm, you could text me right here in the studio. Yeah, I might and, need to pull up some um, screenshots this of this thing because it's time. it's all like it's like Instagram videos. So okay, um, but yeah, like, and we've had multiple listeners reach out to like our Instagram account. By the way, listeners, you can follow us on Instagram and uh, and be like, what is the deal with Ronald's hair? Which I think is probably Dude. like that's my might be a thematic question for his entire performance career. What is the deal with Ronald's hair? But uh, yeah, yeah, fascinating, fascinating stuff with Ronnie's hair. But I, I digress. So, no, like this is interesting, pipe, because I feel like making fun of your friend's stupid hair was like a, a an interesting thing that we did when we were young. You know what I mean? Like you would you would make fun of people that you liked, and it was good natured, and it was in fact like a part of someone knowing that they're really in the group. Um, and we, that's another like fun thing that we stopped doing when we get older. You know what I mean? So if our kids were to listen to this, it would in some ways be proof that we are still real people, you know? Um, at least for me, it kind of works on that level. What do you, what do you think about that theory? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I, I it, it, one of the, like my gut instinct is still to poke fun at anything that's new about somebody I like. You know, yeah, totally. new shoes, new jacket. But now it's it's turned to like yeah. where you have to sort of compliment it. Be like, hey, nice, nice coat. Instead of like, you know, well, what are, what are you trying totally, to be? Brad Pitt from totally Ocean's did. Eleven? Or like, you know, one of those. <laughs> exactly. Nice shiny shirt. Yeah. No, no longer um, can we no longer can we just go to that as adults. I do do it with my kids. That is that is one thing yeah. where I'm like, you know, I'm going to I'm going to maintain this in my home. Totally. Well, and it depends on the person too. Like if the person is like Ronald kind of full of themselves and very confident about the way they look, I have no problem just like hammering that person, (laughs) you know, verbally or whatever. But you know, if the person is, is on the less confident or even just average to normal into the spectrum, I'm not, I'm not going at him, but uh, he, he could definitely take it. He welcomes it. I think Ronald loves attention of any kind. It looks like I have a text here from you, Pipe. So let's uh, let's open this up. Whoa! Wow! Hold on, one more coming your way because this is great oh, audio fare. Yeah, exactly. Oh, dude. Yeah. So this is this is peak Ronald. He's he's in his little like garage studio that he's named. He's got the Moog behind him. Uh, shout out Moog, like I'm artistic. Um, he's got the little like, um, line drawings of like Holly over his left shoulder. And what, how would you describe the hair pipe? Um, well, it's, it, it, it looks like, you know how there's sort of like the, the, the razor cut slicked look that, that is prominent amongst, you know, the Stephen Furtick types of the world. Yeah, it looks like, like the old hipsters. It's like that, but having grown out a little bit and wind blown. Yeah, this is a guy in his fifties saying, "Hey, look, I still have hair." 
Like, I still got a full head of hair up there, you know? It's kind of tousled. It's like, I, I want to run a thing by you, and I want, I want to get your, your take on this. And everything we're doing today is a little bit, like, high concept and vague. But how do you feel about dudes in their 50s who try to look boyish? Because I feel like that's what this is. You know, like in my, I was going to say ex- exactly how much are we naming names here? <laughs> yeah. Um, in my heart, I'm still like a 17 year old skater, but I'm actually like a 52 year old church planner. Um, See, I, I struggle with it because I, um, is it, so is it trying to look boyish or is it just continuing to wear the same thing you wore when you were a boy? Cause like you think about our dads. You know, tucked in shirts to jeans, white sneakers, whatever it was. You know what (laughs) they wore when they were 12? Tucked in shirts to jeans and white sneakers and whatever. So I I wonder (laughs) if it's trying to look boyish or if it's just like I've been like for Ronnie, like he's probably been wearing Levi jackets for the last 30 years. And yeah, that is true. And so like, is he trying to look boyish or is he just rocking the same thing? Because why think about it? Yeah, it's hard to say, man. But um, yeah, that hair is a bit of a deal, dude. And it's it's different in the top picture than the bottom picture. Top picture, it's kind of swooped over. It's almost like you remember the the. This is a deep cut, dude. And your your daughters would actually know this. Do you remember the Taylor Swift video? You you belong with me, where it's like she's in her bedroom and he's in his, and they're like communicating through the window. You remember that? Uh, no, I don't know that I've ever watched a Taylor Swift video in full due to being a straight man of a certain age. Um, I only have seen it because I teach students and they, uh, they, they show me things, but the, the dude had this kind of hair, uh, except that he was 17. Um, so I think that's, well, that's the thing is you look at this and you're like, yeah, Harry Styles would rock that hair. Tom Holland would rock that hair. Like there's, there's a certain sort of like suave kind of nerd sexy uh young yeah hollywood guy who who would totally rock yeah. this dude how do you feel about nerd sexy just as a an aesthetic that's like kind of peaking right now well i mean weezer must be thrilled so there's yeah. that they were um, the first they were the pioneers yeah um, they i mean they the first ones over the nerd sexy wall yeah them well maybe like revenge of the nerds was first and then weezer they, they were sort of mm-hmm. they sort of overlapped um yeah but yeah I, it's it's interesting because again this is one of those like we've moved outside of the capacity to make fun of people back to that topic because yeah um yeah it, partly because everybody's thin-skinned and will cry to their mommies now or their lawyers or the hr department or whoever and partly because yeah. It, there is no more like you look stupid. This looks better. It's now just like you can yeah. wear whatever you want, and you're like, no, you're literally wearing burlap sacks, or you know, yeah. you you can't look like Buddy Holly. Stop trying to look like Buddy Holly, or whatever it is. Right. No more. We and at this point, there's no standard. There's no like yeah. comparison. So you you just sort of like if you're like, haha, what are you trying to be, Buddy Holly? They'd be like, yeah, a little bit. Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, exactly. that fell flat. Yeah, you could you could just lean into it. Um, I will say about I have a question and a comment about these uh, these images and these videos. Um, the comment is, I will say he seems to have lit the video in a fairly honest way. You know what I mean? Like, yes, you know, with some, with some of Ronald's like 
images of self. They're so low lit and pensive, and it's it's almost like he wants you to think that there's like a fire crackling off camera, and he's being he's he's being lit only by that. the The lighting seems pretty honest. Um, you know, his face is like less shadowy than it normally is. Um, so that's that's actually admirable. So I uh, I I tip the cap to the honest lighting. But my question is, is this a thing that authors are doing? So are authors kind of like finding the coolest looking corner of their house and setting up a tripod and like shooting a little promo video? Is oh, it's, standard? Oh, it's something that publishers are asking authors to do. I've been asked to do it for a couple books. And once I just was like, no, I'm not doing that. And the other time I just went out of my yeah. backyard. Cause I was like, it was a, it was a like fairly nicely lit day. And I was like, well, this is, I don't, I don't have to find lighting here and I have a tree in my yeah. backyard. Yeah. So it looks green. And uh, I, yeah. I, it's, it is it is the it is the sh- shaping of marketing by social uh by social media and like yeah. i am i am like stubbornly oppositionally opposed to selfie videos on my own feeds like i just won't st- sure. i won't post them i have thoughts on things yeah. i'm in interesting places yeah. not putting a video up of myself i don't care i don't even like being on other people's videos i don't want to pop in with somebody so right. i hate them I hate doing them yeah. and I don't like that they exist, but yeah, it's a hundred percent a thing that authors are doing and publishers are asking authors to do. So, yeah, I have another question. Like, so does any real person on social media? So let's say you're one of, and you are, you are this probably in real life, but you're also in the industry. So you kind of don't count. Let's, let's say you're one of Ronnie's followers. Are you popping that video open and watching it? Like I can't imagine that's what people go to social media for. Um, I mean, maybe I, I'm wrong. I skip all selfie videos, but like, sure, they a, a video of somebody staring at the camera talking and being like, "Hey guys, nope, don't care." You start a video with "Hey guys, hey guys. I'm out." Um, Dude, yeah. How do you start that video if not by saying "Hey guys"? Are there any other lines that you could go to? What's up, y'all? Uh, hey oh, y'all, this up, is y'all? Ronnie. Yeah, yeah. Or you know, people have taglines. That's the thing is if you're an influencer, you come up with like your own little tagline where you start every video or end every video with the same thing, you know, be like, be blessed or whatever. And, uh, yeah, yeah, that stuff, that stuff's out there. It, I, but p- yes, a hundred percent people do watch this stuff. They follow really? people are captivated by other people's talking heads. Maybe cause you and I are talking heads. We think that's the dumbest thing, but like, I wouldn't watch one of these if yeah. it was if it was Matt Chandler, may he rest in peace, or my dad, yeah. or you know Tom Hanks, or I don't know who's the most right, interesting dude. Miles Teller, most interesting men in the world, most interesting woman, yeah. most beautiful woman. I don't care. I'm not watching it. Yeah, I can't imagine saying this is how I want to spend three minutes listening to some guy talk about a thing that he's trying to sell me. That's a commercial. That's when you like stand up and leave the room and go take a leak. You know, <laughs> like. Um, <laughs> I, I can't imagine. Like, or or on this podcast where you hit the skip forward 30 second button about three times and get back to the actual show. Oh, that reminds me. We should take an ad break pipe. So let's take a break. <laughs> then we'll come back. I've got one more question for you about this that ties into our original topic. We'll be back. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. 
the Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org slash impact. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. All right, Piper, we're back. We're talking about this topic of um, dudes of a certain age taking promotional, you know, book videos, talking head videos of themselves uh, where you start with, hey, guys. My question to you is, tying it back to the original question of how our kids view us, do they view us as real people or not? Does a video like this, like if you and I were to do this, and our kids were to walk in on us in whatever the coolest looking corner of our own houses is, if they were to walk in and and find us shooting a promo video for a book that we'd written, would it make us seem more or less human to them? Would they be like, oh, that's cool. Wow, dad has a book coming out. You know, he's he's out there mixing it up. I'm impressed. Or would they be like, that's so cloying and needy that my dad is speaking into a camera in hopes that like people will watch him talking about his own book? Which do you think it is? Do you think it humanizes us or dehumanizes us to do that? Oh, I think my kids would 100% go with the Gen Z line of, oh, that's so cringe. Like they would... Just interesting. If they saw me holding my phone in such a manner as to take a video of myself, uh, they would they would mock me mercilessly. But yeah, I don't know that they're the norm because I think so many kids like see their parents doing this. You know, whether it's influencer wise or like FaceTiming, I I don't FaceTime. That's another thing. Like my kids never see me hold my phone like that because like I just yeah. Somebody wants to FaceTime me, I just decline the call and I'll text them back and be like, what do you yep. need? Because <laughs> I'm not doing that. Yeah, exactly. Um, exactly. And so it, I'm, I'm, I might be at one end of the spectrum on this stuff, but I, it, it does not humanize. It, it, puts, it puts it in a mm-hmm. category of, um, it might add a dimension to how they view you, but it, it, then it adds the dimension of like, oh, you have a public persona, which actually probably yeah. dehumanizes because it's, because everybody knows that what we put online is a, while it might not be untrue, it is a, it's a uh, curated version of yourself. And that's what that would be. This reminds me of something that I wanted to ask you. It happened in class yesterday. Um, Sorry, I had to cough. So this happens in class and it's like 1230 in my classroom and everybody's like on this app like my kids are all on this app called Be Real, like all of our college students, and everybody's Be Real goes off at the same time. 
And it's one of these upper-level classes that's just kind of discussion-based. So we were all sitting around chatting anyway. And they were like, cluck, our B-reels went off. And I'm like, oh, what's that? So then they explained the whole thing to me. It's apparently this app where, like... And I sound like I'm 94. This thing is probably... Well, I was I was going to ask if you didn't explain it because I also... I mean, you're, if you're 94, I'm 91. So I don't, I don't know what this <laughs> yeah. thing is. Dude, so Be Real is this app where... And gosh, we sound like such old men. If you have it, it all goes off at the same time of the day. And you're supposed to snap a picture of yourself in that moment doing whatever it is that you're actually doing. So if you're making an omelet or, I don't know, getting dressed or driving in your car or like sitting in a class, you're supposed to take a picture to document like this is what I was in doing the shower, taking a dump. This gets very awkward. Yeah, I, right. So it led to this fascinating discussion, though, where they explained this thing to me and I'm like, you know, they're they're basically like, Cluck, can we take a picture of the class? And I'm like, sure, just make sure I'm I'm not in the shot or whatever. And um, so they do that and they were satisfied with it. And then I asked them, so what happens if your B-reel goes off when you're in the shower? They're like, well, you know, you wait a couple of minutes and then, and then take the photo. But I'm like, okay, what do you mean by a couple of minutes? So you get out, you towel off, you shave, you put on half your outfit, your entire outfit. Does it change what outfit you put on? Because then you're curating. Then you're being fake, right? At what point does a couple of minutes turn into I'm setting up a shot versus it's captured me in whatever moment I was in? Um, I, I think the only way to keep it actually real would have it where the app takes the picture for you. You know what I mean? So <laughs> yes, <laughs> your phone's wherever it is, like in your pocket. Well, I, I have a I have a, or, a logistical question yeah. as well. Does it is it arbitrary yeah. when it goes off, or is it the same times every day? It's not the same times every day. Okay. It's arbitrary. Because otherwise I'd be like, oh, it's noon. I better go brush up my makeup, you know? Yeah, exactly. And, and it goes off at the same time for everybody, which I had trouble understanding because I thought that like mine would go off at 830 and yours would go off at like, I don't know, 915 or whatever. But they, they indicated to me that everybody's B-reel goes off at the same time. So, okay, do they do that, they have any concept of the fact that what this app is training them to do is here? I mean, it's a mm -hmm. it's it's Pavlovian. It's Pavlovian. They, Absolutely. The thing goes no, off. They, they have no concept. They snap their fake real picture and then they stare at right. a scroll through everybody else's. And so at, yeah. the, at this app, it has them tethered. It can put whatever yeah. it wants in front of them. At 8.02 a.m. Yeah. and 12.54 p.m. and 3.11 p.m. and 9.27 p.m. Like it just, it, oh, goodness. Man, people are suckers. Dude, ask your daughters if they have it. Um, so the, the ads for this are going to be brilliant, right? So on the Pavlovian tip of, so your thing goes off at 8.15 a.m., I've got to imagine it's trying to sell you at that time like an array of like morning products, right? Like breakfast foods or skincare regimens or whatever it is that people use yeah. in the morning. Hangover cures. That's what B-Real is trying to sell you. Yeah, no, totally. And they don't get how Pavlovian it is. Um, but it's fascinating. So back to the back to the guy shooting a talking head video of himself to sell a book. So I think even though we talk about not knowing how to sell a book, we kind of, we know something about it. 
And we know how not to sell books, which gives us, it kind of narrows it down. (laughs) Totally. But there's an energy that happens when like you speak at a conference or I speak somewhere and there's a book table. And after we get done giving a really, I don't know, winsome or charming or revelatory talk about ourselves, people are more inclined to like walk to the back and buy a book. It's why you spend 50 bucks for a concert t-shirt at the venue, right? Um, because there's a sense of, oh, I've shared space with this person. I know this person. I've seen them being real or whatever. So I'll go back to the table and buy the book. And the publisher's trying to capture that same energy via a very fake, very curated three minutes on Instagram. I've got to think it doesn't work, right? Uh, I mean, judging by book sales for the time or times I have done this versus book sales for the time or times I have not. Yeah, it doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe I'm just bad at it, but yeah, there, there is a sense in which also it's just the, the advantage of speaking somewhere is it's personal. It's, yeah. it's proof of concept. You know, if I go somewhere and yeah. speak on faith and doubt, I know that there are people there who are going to be like, okay, I've heard enough to want to hear more yeah. from this guy. Your, your 90 second right. or 60 second video where you're like, hey, y'all, I just came out with this book on Advent. It's going to totally help you with blah, 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 blah. You're like, whatever. That just sounds like marketing uh-huh. copy. Um, that's, yeah. you know, if now, <clears throat> if somebody did a series of videos where they relayed yeah. the heart-rending story behind a memoir, I might be interested. But then again, I'd have to watch a series of videos. So I probably wouldn't be interested. Yeah. It, yeah, but dude, here's yeah, what, I don't think it works. It's just it is just a commercial. That's all it is. Here's what I would take a video of. Like back to like proving to our kids that we were real people. Um I had this amazing moment with Tristan where I can't out anybody here. Um so I'm I'm not saying he was involved in this or not, but at his school, there's somebody who like drives a smart car and like a bunch of like meatball dudes went down in the middle of the night and picked it up and just turned it sideways in its parking space. (laughs) (laughs) It could neither pull forward nor pull backward without the other people moving their cars. That's amazing. Pictures of this. And I died. It was the funniest thing in the world. And it gave me an opportunity to tell him a story of like when I was in college, the best prank we ever pulled I got a bunch of like meatball dudes together and we had this guy that lived across the hall from us named Ryan Withers. Shout out Ryan Withers. He was a computer science major. He drove a Fiero. He was, he was one of the boys, dude. He was, he was a fun guy, but we kind of like goofing on him because he had a really kind of whiny way of like talking about it. So in the middle of the night, we all went outside and uh, Withers drove a Fiero So we picked it up and we moved it like into a field that was adjacent to the parking lot that we all had. Uh, And then he went out to like get into his car in the morning and it wasn't there. And it was the, it was the best. So I feel like if I was doing a video, I would video myself doing something like that. You know what I mean? Like this is me living my life. I'm doing something really funny and I would end it with like an image of my book and a link to go buy it. But the video would have to like deliver something, you know what I mean? And um, yeah, but even like, that, that like, I was talking with I was talking with uh, my wife uh, Lauren recently about this, where we were watching videos. You know, there's like cute videos of cute kids saying hilarious things, or like these 
these, you know, videos capturing somebody doing something really dumb over and over again. And and she just goes, it's so hard to know which of these are curated and set up like they're they're staged yeah, and which of these are true. real. And so, like, the that's so the true. video you just described would be real in the sense that you genuinely played a prank. But like there yeah. there is just so much stuff out there that's that is uh, it's posed. It is, you know, posed yeah. humor or, you know. Because I, I watch these things and I'm like, wait, why were you videoing your kid at the exact moment they said the F word in a Scottish accent? Like, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, but, exactly. But also, that's a random thing to be doing, which means that you, right. they said it once and you're like, hold that thought. Get your phone out. What did right. you just say? And they say it again. You know, that kind right. of thing. And so, the, yeah. I don't, yeah. So I, it, none of it seems genuine to me anymore. Like ge- I, genuineness online I what is, a shame, is kind of, it, it, it's, it reaches a level of neutral where I'm like, it could be, but rarely is it like, yeah. I don't remember the last time I was moved by something online other than news footage of tragedy. The last thing I was moved by was like, I looked up videos of Bobby Wagner like hitting that streaker that like ran across the field the other night on Monday Night Football. <laughs> Not staged. And I was like, oh my gosh, this guy like he had to get hit by Bobby Wagner. Like he's lucky to be alive, you know? And um I feel like RG3 said something really funny about it online, but I, I forget what it was. But uh, uh, he, he said Yeah. He said Bobby Wagner doesn't care about your gender reveal. He's the daddy now. Dude, no kidding, man. That was it. That was so funny. And I'm like, that's a genuine moment. You know what I mean? That's a moment that like that guy probably set it up, right? The guy who was like, I'm going to streak across the field with a flare that indicates what gender my kid is. Like he was the only one like curating that moment. But then Bobby Wagner was acting like fully in the moment. And um, I don't know. That made it that made it cool for me. Yeah, I. I, which, I mean, we've talked about this, especially in the sports podcast. Part of the reason we love sports is because it is it is one of the few things where you can be caught off guard at any moment. Yes. Like that was a that was yes. a catch you off guard yeah. moment where you're watching and then you're just like, oh, what just happened? That never happens yeah. on social media at this. You know, there, there's totally like, you cannot shock people anymore. You can't surprise people. You can't really right. impress people. Yeah. The only way to be genuine on social media is consistency over time where you just maintain a personality that looks sane. You know, where you like you have yeah. a sense of humor, yeah. you're occasionally encouraging, sometimes you're a little snarky, like <clears throat> you just you you have like this is just you or the with consistency, but even that is just sort of like it stands out for its sort of uh normalness. What impacts you every day? There is one book that influences almost every aspect of our lives. Museum of the Bible reveals the Bible's impact on your favorite musicians and artists, the way we measure time, social justice, our national monuments, and more. The Bible's impact is all around you. Discover how at museumofthebible.org impact. Hi, I'm Rebecca Scott. As a servant of God, wife, and mother of four, I understand the juggle of multiple roles and stages. That's why I created the Encourager podcast, to help guide us through the messy middle stage of life. Join me on the Encourager as we challenge the chaos and embrace harmony. 
Together, we'll create practical systems to balance your roles and fulfill priorities. And we will do it while having joy and energy for both home and work life. Tune in for inspiring stories and interviews, actionable tips, and methods to do both home and work life. Because here, we believe you can do all things, just not all at once. So somebody like, I don't know, Al Mohler doing the briefing every morning. You know what I mean? Like, he sounds the same every morning. He's probably wearing the same thing. Um, he's going to be doing that thing every morning. Like, you're you're not going to flip on the briefing and have Al Mohler be like, you know what, you guys, I just don't really feel it this morning. Everything is going to hell. I've been saying this for the past decade, and now I'm depressed. Like, he's, he's never going to do that, you know? Yeah. And, yeah, he's not going to come out and be like, today we're going to try something new. It's it's the briefing freestyle rap. Like, it, it, nope. He's, yeah, he's just exactly. going to monotone his way through things, give some analysis, whether you, you know, whether you like his perspective or not. You go to it, and you're like, this is reliably Al. That's just what it is. Exactly. So even if Ronnie, like got on his advent book video and like i don't know shaved his head on the air or whatever you know like i'm shearing my my locks my beautiful locks and oh that would be heartbreaking it would seem like a bit you know what i mean it would be heartbreaking my goodness <laughs> what would the world do to to but, him um, and big m most of all exactly the pictures are going to look very different from now on <laughs> but um even if he did that it would seem like a bit you know it would seem like something he was doing to sell a book. And so this makes me think of, and this this will be a bridge to our last thing, which you asked about sports books. Um, I've just ordered Jeff Perlman's book on the Showtime Lakers, which you've probably already read. Have you read that one? I have, and I haven't really had time, but I've had my eye on it. Yeah, I'm super excited about it. And it's made me think about marketing campaigns that actually worked. So... I tried to watch a couple episodes of Winning Time, the the Laker thing on HBO Max, and um, I can't I can't recommend it in good conscience. It's too like they they do Game of Thronesy things with it. But um, to be fair, in this case, it's probably historically accurate. It probably is historically accurate, but um, I don't know. That was like a a marketing kind of double down that Jerry Buss did that probably saved the league. It definitely worked. I mean, it was definitely housed in a time and place, but I'm even thinking of like video-based marketing campaigns, like from my childhood, like the Bones Brigade, like skateboard videos from the 80s. That was, I mean, those were definitely filmed and there were probably multiple takes, but it seemed like a bunch of people doing a thing that they would be doing anyway. And they made it seem like the cameras were just kind of there and rolling while they were like bombing around in these empty pools and they were definitely trying to sell you a thing, but it seemed like they were also doing it for fun. I don't know that, that energy like really worked. And I don't know if that energy is possible anymore. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't, I don't know that it is because everything is filmed now. So like there was a novelty to that because like you were catching a glimpse of something that was totally out of your scope, out of the ordinary, something you were like, man, that seems sort of exotic and fun. Like, can you imagine going to these houses when people aren't there and, you know, skateboarding their swimming pools or whatever. And, uh, right. Yeah. All of it now is just like, 
what what have you seen that you haven't like what have you seen recently that you haven't seen a thousand times before other than bobby wagner blasting a streaker off his feet uh that was awesome yeah and but (laughs) like but what it, it in the in the the marketing universe that was awesome which means that in the marketing universe there's going to be 70 77 memes about it there's going to be a hundred attempts at recreation another streaker is going to try to make that happen to themselves right and and you know that kind of thing and so it yeah the i i don't i don't know I, i don't know how one kind of captures the minds of people even the the companies who were brilliant at marketing 5 10 15 years ago think like apple like apple's yeah. kind of lost in the noise now like they just came out with the they what, are the very apple much so. 14 or the iphone 14 pro yeah whatever yeah it's not a big deal when they release yeah. new stuff anymore um right it, and so forth there's just there is so so much noise yeah that yeah, I mean, like Ronnie doing a video. I mean, if if he if he shaved his head, <clears throat> if he just sat silent and stared at the camera for thirty straight seconds, like, <laughs> it, w- what's the functional difference? Nothing, not a yeah. single thing. I mean, I think you should do a slideshow of like still shots from the 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 RonnieMartin.org photo shoot, like it ending with a culminating in a picture of his book. Um. I think that that's that's got to be the next video, dude. <laughs> the um, outtakes. You should let us take this over for him. Yeah, yeah. The outtakes, the behind the scenes of the photo shoot with Josh Byers. Shout out Josh Byers. Pipe. Um, I feel like we've pretty pretty safely wandered to and fro throughout all these topics. It's safe to say um, we have Patreon business to conduct, so we should wrap this one. Um, we've done what we always do, and until next time. We want to take a moment to thank the team at Life Audio for partnering with us on this podcast. Be sure to go to lifeaudio.com and take a look at the other podcasts in their network. They've got shows about prayer, Bible study, parenting, and more. Have you ever felt conflict between your faith and feelings? If so, you're not alone. My name's Carly Mercouillier. I'm a licensed therapist and the host of the Therapy and Theology podcast, where we explore popular topics and questions related to faith, feelings, and spiritual formation. I want to invite you to join me every Thursday as we fearlessly name the complexities of our reality, grow in the awareness of who we are, and rediscover the power and purpose of our unique stories through the lens of the gospel. Subscribe today at lifeaudio.com.